Hi, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Michaela of the band Yours Truly over Zoom video. Michaela, born and raised in Sydney in Australia and talks about how she got into music. She tells us about meeting uh, the other members of Yours Truly how they early on would put their songs up onto Triple J's website, which is the big radio station in Australia. And then what they do is they'll sift through those songs, put some of the songs, if they like them, onto their online stream and even onto the big station, Triple J. They talked about having some success that way. We hear about the first EPs that they released, the huge success of their song High Hopes, all about their first studio album called Self Care, and all about the new music that they're releasing with the song called Lights Out. You can watch our interview with Michaela on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with yours truly. Um, I'm Adam, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the uh, new record that's out and the video for Lights On as well. Cool. Sounds good. Amazing. Amazing. I did read the the bands from Sydney. Is is that where you were born and raised as well? Yep. Always been from Sydney. Yeah. What was it like growing up in Sydney? Um, really good. It's like, it's beautiful. Um, like it's really safe. It's really, um, yeah, really nice. So it's not a very big, it's not a very big city, but, um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to, you know, have just been fortunate enough to be born somewhere like there. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up with music in your household or anything? No, not really. Um, I can't really remember like how, like, I think I've just always loved music um, like just growing up. So I just remember uh, my parents, obviously like, you know, my dad loved bands like Kiss and ACDC and stuff like that, but they were never musicians or anything like that. And I think that it's just something that I liked and that I wanted to do. And then my brother also started playing music as well. So I think we were like the two to bring music into the family. Okay. And is your brother older or younger than you are? He's younger than me. He's um he's 22 this year. My brother, um, his name's Jacob. He was actually on Australian X Factor when he was 14. So yeah, oh, like wow. he's, he's, a, he's a good singer. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever collaborate together? We've done like, we've done like little covers together and we used to like sing at school together, but that's pretty much it. Never, never much else. Never put him on a record? No, I would love to though. That'd be cool to have your brother on yeah. one of the songs. It would be wow. really cool. So, how, well, wow. Okay. So he was on that show and how, how much older are you? How many years older are you than him? I'm two years older. Call your age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm two years older than him. So it was a couple of years ago now. It's like, it was yeah, like. But, but you must've been still in what, like in high school when that happened, right? Yeah. I, I was like, yeah. So I was like 16, he was 14. And I remember we had just moved schools as well when it happened. So it was, yeah, it was very hectic. 
and yeah and he was just known as that kid that was on x factor and i i was his sister i was a sister of the guy that was on on x factor -Factor. and then (laughs) um they i had just started yours truly at the time it was just kind of around the same time that i had met teddy and um they had just come off the show they had signed to a label and they went on their first australian tour and they took us as the support so that was our first ever tour was with my brother really that's so cool Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. My parents, my parents were on the tour. All of our parents came. Like it was like it was like a whole like family touring experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to get into yeah. that. Um, but I wanna rewind here real quick. Uh did you play piano or any did you pick up any good uh lessons like that or guitar at an early age or um I started learning I started playing guitar when I was maybe like 12, I think. Okay. Yeah, but it's something that once I met Lockie, I just stopped playing guitar because he's just so good that I just feel like I never have to play ever again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like he, like, I, yeah, I'm one of our guitarists. Like I just, like, because I've got two guitarists in my band, mm-hmm. I just don't ever play guitar anymore because I'm not as good as them. So I'm just like, can you guys play blah, blah, blah? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, cool. So but yeah. you should have that's- understanding of it, right? I mean, to be able to speak the language to them. Yeah, I usually just sing it to them. Like I'm not like classically like I don't have I don't have much. I'm very much that sounds good and that's how I think it should be played. I'm not like you should play blah 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 and this fifth and I have no idea about that stuff. Like I'm okay. not I don't know a lot of I don't know a lot of technical things about music, which I probably should learn, but yeah. <laughs> but it might be a, a blessing not to, because then you might get like too caught up in it. Like, well, technically it's not supposed to, you know, sound good this way, but you're like, yeah. but I, I know I like what it sounds like. So let's run with it. Like I, I could see that kind of becoming a, a hinder and, or like, you know, affecting it in that way too. Yeah. I think there are definitely people that like I've worked with are like, Oh, well, technically that note's not supposed to be with that. note. I'm like, yeah, but it sounds sick. So like, right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, okay, right. But I like the sound of it. So we're going to go with it. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, that's, that's cool. So 12, you started playing guitar. Did you start writing songs pretty early on as well? I mean, it sounds like you were in this band at 16. Yeah. I've been writing songs. Like, I think I started writing songs around when I started playing guitar. Like that was kind of like when, when it started. Um, Okay. Yeah, and just kind of like, you know, you learn a couple of chords and you're like, oh, I can I can sing things to it now. And I would just kind of play chord progressions and just sing things over them to see kind of what, what came out of it. I guess before that, I used to just like, you know, as a kid, I would just like sing, like I would have these like songs in my head and I would just sing them all the time. And my mom would be like, what is that? I'm like, a song. She's like, what song? I don't know. I just made it up. And she'd be uh-huh. like, okay, maybe do you want to go singing lessons or something like that? Like, it was like that. So that's kind of how I got into it because I just would always like, I've always like constantly hearing things in my head kind of thing. Like, I was, mm-hmm. just, it was always a song going on, but I can always like imagine music. But I guess my main thing was that like when I started working in the band, it was something that I was able to like bring you know, into, yeah, into life and being able to, you know, work with people that were a lot better skilled than I was and actually playing instruments. So it's, it's, it's cool to kind of like hear something in your head and then finally hear it come out. Yeah. Just because I, you know, as much as I, I like playing guitar and stuff like that, I think it was cool to like, like I said before, to work with someone that is so good that mm-hmm. they just know exactly what you're talking about. And then it just all comes to life. Yeah, sure. Well, what was the, was there any artists or artists that you were kind of influenced by that wanted, made you want to play guitar? And then when you did get a guitar, anyone you were trying to learn their songs of 
first before you started to tinker around and write your own? Well, I learned a lot of um, like Paramore. Okay. Mythics. I also like, I love Hailstorm. So that's their song Familiar Taste of Poison was like the song that I was like, I want to let her play that and sing it. Like, and I would, I would do like little, like, um, like comp- before the, I was in the band, I would do like these like solo, like shows and competitions and stuff like that. When like I did lessons and they would put you in and be like, judge you against other kids and rate you out of a hundred, which <laughs> is absolutely brutal. But apparently sure. what you do when you go to like schools, like, like dancing at Stedford's. And then I would always go and I'd play guitar and I would sing film taste of poison by Hailstorm. So that for me is like, like, it was like your go-to. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like, yeah, songs like that, like bands like that, like, you know, inspired me to kind of get into it. Was that, uh, how, like, what was that like being in, you know, those type of competitions where it's like, okay, you're going to go up and you're going to do a song and we're all going to judge you. Yeah. I just, I think that it's, I don't think it's stupid, but I think it kind of, the, everyone that does the, does these competitions, they're all children. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's serving the wrong example of music. Like music isn't about what you're rated out of a hundred. Music is about art and creativity. And it's like, there's no right and there's no wrong in music. Sure. And I think that's something that, you know, I would do these competitions and I'd be like, you know, 13 years old and I would get a certain number out of a hundred and I'd go home and I'd be like, Oh, why didn't I get a higher number? Or like, and they write down like these criticisms of like, even things of like, you could have worn a better outfit or, you know, this and that. And I was just, and I'm thinking like, I get that there's like this whole world of competitive dancing and singing and stuff like that. But I just think that kind of teaching, you know, teaching um, like learning musicians that all their worth is out of a number of a hundred and where they place in a competition. Mm-hmm. That's not really, that's not, you know, real, the real music industry. I I think anyways, like not at all. No, like it's like as an adult, I've never once gone and played a gig with my band and someone been like, Oh yeah, I give that a 90 out of a hundred. <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. They're like the outfit. I mean, if you would have, you would have had a hundred if the outfit was a different, you know, it's like, how does that have a, anything to do with my musical ability? And I didn't know that we're being judged on what we're going to wear. And why is your opinion rating 10 points or whatever it is? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think it's just one thing that like, I wish I could go back to myself and be like that person that sat there and like marked you and then gave you like a 70 out of hundred and said that, Oh, your um, you know, this part could be better or your pitch was bad or your control wasn't good. Like you're a child, you're literally a child. You've only been singing for like a couple of years and like, you know, these these things are just for com- like these things they say they're for confidence but they ruin people's confidence at the same time because mm-hmm. if you're make- told that early on you're going to be like oh well i guess i suck at this so i'm not going to continue totally and you know and then there's the whole thing of like yeah well like if you don't have the confidence and you shouldn't be doing this and it's just kind of like oh, we're not really giving people a really good <laughs> chance here right. are you so and yeah it's, it's just it's completely brutal but I guess it's just um, I obviously one day I turned around and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, you know, I obviously I got to a point where I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to do lessons anymore. Like, you know, so I, this I is all done through lessons. Like, I guess I'm confused where the, where the competitions comes in. Like, is it like if you're in, if you're in guitar lessons and you go to what, like a recital that ends up being judged by people. 
Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like, I guess I, like, I came from, like, a, you know, just a small, it wasn't, it wasn't small. Like, it was, like, a, it was a music school. Okay. And obviously, you do, like, you do, but they, it was run by, like, a dancing school. And I guess, as, you know, you see, like, those, like, those dancing TV shows where they go to competitions and they, like, you know. Mm. Oh, okay. I, I understand. So, there's competitions like that, but then they have these little sections where it's like, oh, we have some singing now, like, kind of thing. Oh. And then I think that obviously, like, when you go to like these schools, they're like, you have an opportunity to go and perform in front of people. And, you know, when you're not playing gigs and you're just like, you're young and you're starting out, that's really your only opportunity to get up in front of people and to sing for them. But then the bad part is that you get judged for it. Like mm-hmm. it'd be, I think it'd be cool to be like, here's an opportunity to play for people. Like, I think that's more of a positive. Right. Right. You know, thing to do. But I guess it was one of those things. It's a gig is a gig kind of thing. And if it gives you some experience to get up there and perform for people, unfortunately, just with everything, sometimes things, there are some not nice things about about stuff, but I I haven't done one of those things in absolutely years. So I I hear certain songs the other day I was in a restaurant and I heard Mercy by Duffy and I had like a, I was like, my friend was like, what? And I was like, I sang this song at a competition a couple of times one year. Like it's just like. Just some trigger. (laughs) Yeah. This song, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some some trauma. Oh my gosh. Um, Well, your brother must've been really good at those type of competitions if he ended up going on to X Factor. Yeah, I remember he went on one. He did one of them. His first one, he got like a hundred out of a hundred. He was like, "He's like, I like these. What, what's what's your deal with these?" <laughs> My first one came first, hundred out of a hundred. But that's another thing. It was like he was he was fourteen when he was on the X Factor, and then you know being in front of all those people, and you know being so young coming off the show, and then having so much thrown at him and so many people on the internet saying things to him and everyone having an, an opinion mm-hmm. obviously Australia's not a big place so lots of people watch the show and you know it, people are so brutal to you know to young kids just trying to get into music and I just I don't I, I don't get it that's awful did he end up winning it is that what kind of brought him to the tour or no no they came eighth so but oh. they were like they were like you know, every teenage, like teenage girl in Australia was like following them on Instagram and coming to their oh, shows that's and they're playing huge venues. And yeah, that's it was cool. very like, it was like in a boy band. So yeah. That's awesome. So, and then you got to open up for them on that tour, on a tour right after the show. Yep. And then we did that. Wow. It was us. And then there was a, another band called Forever Ends here, which was quite like, they were like, you know, quite a big pop punk band in Australia, like around that time and then we ended up touring with them after that and then we met a whole bunch of bands on that tour and then actually on that tour is where I met Stevie Knight who um I actually went and worked with him and sung on a forever NC song and then Stevie ended up becoming like just our producer and he did Afterglow self-care and this EP now wow okay that's cool so how did you get in this band like you were still in high school when you joined the band yeah, I started, <laughs> sorry, I, um, I was, I was in a band like, um, in high school, um, when I was around like 14, well, 15, I think I was, I was in this band. Um, and then I think we went, I went on a couple of tours with them. At 15? Then, yeah, at 15. I was, I've been touring since I was like, yeah, 14, 15. Wow. And, That's yeah. so cool. And Australia isn't the easiest place to tour. You have to fly around everywhere, right? Yeah, well, we drove, we drove a lot of places because you just kind of have to do it. It's just, you know, it's just really expensive to like fly all the time. But sure. yeah, 
my my mom would get in the van with me and we would drive all That's over the awesome. country with yeah and my the rest of the band they were like they they were like in their I think 24 25 they would have been so yeah like they were a lot older than me and but they were like we need a singer we don't have a singer anymore and then at the same time we had like I was working with someone that was also working with them so he was like let me combine these projects together so I did that for like about a year and then I was like I just want to be in a band with people my own age sure okay well real quick so you had you were already working with someone prior to joining that first band then yeah so I had met someone at a competition that was like I'll, I'll manage you kind of thing so that was kind of you know how that was how that kind of started um but yeah and then you and then joined was, this band that was already what a little bit established that had yeah okay you know, they, they were a little bit established like nothing like nothing big by any means it was just you know like a local sydney band but it, mm-hmm. to me it was like wow like this is like a, a whole bunch of guys in their 20s that like want to play music want to be in a band and like, you right. know, like i was like cool and like i dyed my hair purple and i was like yeah let's go like i'm, I'm sure I'm ready. I'm ready to be in this band and then yeah I think it, it was really cool in the beginning but I guess like you know I was you know I was so young and I had like no no connection with them at all and mm-hmm. it was to me it, it taught me a lot like about being in a band and I met a lot of people and I kind of un- had an understanding of like what touring touring was like right like, you know like, I got to see firsthand of kind of like how like how a day would go and like what happened when you get to the venue. And because I was so young, I was never allowed in the venue. So I would have to sit outside the venue with my mom. And then before we went on, I'd come and they'd give me my stuff and they'd be like, okay, you're ready to go on stage now. And I'd get escorted in by security, a play on stage, and then I'd have to leave. So yeah, I was doing that. And then when I met Teddy, when I was around 16 and I was like, I was in this band a couple of months ago, you know, I've written these songs, I've, you know, I want to, I want to start a band. And then I met Teddy over Facebook and then he was like, cool. Oh, yeah. I was, he, he, was he from the area? Um, he's from Sydney, but from a kind of a different, a different part of Sydney. I had moved, had moved close to the city cause I was glad me and my brother went to like an art school. Oh, okay. and, um, we, yeah. So I, I saw Teddy on Facebook and he was playing like a Taylor Swift pop punk cover. And I was like, that guy That's looks awesome. kind of cool. Yeah, so I thought yeah, I'm becoming friends with him, and then we just started like hanging out, and then like you know I was like I've got these songs, and he's like yeah these are really cool, and then yeah, and then we ended up forming this forming this band, and Teddy and I are the only original members of the band, so a couple I think it was maybe like six months later, he introduced me to Lockie, and I remember Lockie was playing drums at like a bad, like so Teddy went to a music school as well, which Lockie also went to. And okay. I went to go watch their Battle of the Bands competition. And um, Teddy was in one band and Lockie was another one. And I watched Lockie was actually playing drums. And then I remember turning to Teddy and being like, I want him in my band. And then Lockie, and then Teddy said to me, yeah, but he's got to play guitar. And I remember being like, come on, look how good he is. Like a good, he's a great drummer. He's like, he's a better guitarist. Like he's going to, he's going to play guitar. Oh, and wow. Then, yeah. so, and, he, and like, he's a good drummer, but like, he's an amazing guitarist. So he, he was correct. Um, and then, yeah, and then we, and then we ended up doing that tour with my brother at that time we had a drummer that couldn't do the tour. And then we, um, advertised on Facebook for a drummer. And then this guy was like, I live in Canberra, which is another city in Australia, but I'll come up and I'll, I'll do it. And then this guy rocked up and like, just went missing on a whole bunch of dates. 
like, like like we would play Brisbane and then afterwards he'd be gone. He'd just rock up at three o'clock in the morning and stuff like that. And anyways, that was Brad and now he's our drummer. So it all worked out in the end. That was kind oh, of how so he's still in the band. Now. He's still in the band. Like he's just, I think we just realized he's just, he's just done weird things from the beginning. Like okay. <laughs> not like not weird, but just like, he's one of, the, one of those people that you're just like, like you just like, you just go and you come back with a bag of uncooked pasta and you'd be like, yeah, like that was when I knew that he was going to be my drummer kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Like oh, wow. Did you have a record out or did you have that first um, EP out yet or anything? Yeah, we had the first EP out at that point. Um, so, yeah, like we had just released the, all those songs that I had written when I had met Teddy we put out like on, on an EP. Um, we had already started it kind of before I met them, but we kind of all finished it when we were together. And then was that just, too late for apologies? Yes. Too late for okay. apologies. And then we just started touring it and just like playing. And because obviously like Sydney is like quite, quite small and stuff like that. There was op- lots of opportunities to support, to support different acts and stuff like that. So we just, we got offered a lot of, a lot of shows and, you know, we got to support a lot of people. And then we um, put out, we wrote High Hopes, like literally one afternoon. And um, I like literally sung like just these lyrics into a voice note. And I was like, they're okay. They'll, I'll just, I'll just leave them for now. And then I, they kind of stuck with them. Like I just like, they're like one, like one time. Like I just, oh wow I've been, I've been down. I was like, that's fine. And then it, it just stuck because I just, kind of just like they're okay like they're what they are to me now and then we played that song at a couple of shows and we were like maybe we should record this song and we recorded it we went in with Stevie we that was the first time we had worked with him we recorded it and then we put it out and then on on Dreambound and it just kind of like happened from there for us just went nuts yeah wow that's crazy like so we obviously were seeing the crowd's response to a song that you didn't have recorded and you're like okay people are like way into this yeah, totally. Like it was a song that went off and usually when people haven't heard a song before, people kind yeah, of just, just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're but like going to get a drink like, or use the bathroom or something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like, this is a new one. They're like, okay, I'll be back in five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. But we had played it so many times that it got to a point that people were like, you know, play that that song. And it had like a breakdown at the end of it originally. People were like, you play that song with a breakdown at the end. And we were like, yeah, we always play that song because it's fun. And then we ended up removing the breakdown from it. And like people were like, well, I shouldn't have removed the breakdown. Or like, oh, it had to go. It was just, it was too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, you had what, Radio Play on Triple J kind of on that first EP, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. So um, we got that must played. have been huge for you. Yeah, we like I remember we got told that we were gonna get um, played on short, fast, loud. Josh had emailed us and thought he was playing Strangers, and I remember we all sat in my backyard and just like waited for it. And like once we heard it, it was like because Triple J in Australia is absolutely no. massive. Like, oh, it's the biggest thing. Like yeah. I actually just interviewed, like literally right before you, I interviewed another artist from Brisbane, and and she was on Triple J and we had like the number three song on like the Hot 100. It was like, oh, uh, you know, oh wow, this huge thing. You know, she was just saying how massive you know that radio station is and also i I didn't realize there's like an online version of it if you're an australian band you can upload to their like unearthed i think is what it's called that is yep it is it's great like anyone can put music on and it's very common that an actual producer from the show will actually listen and rate your song which is really cool that it gives and it also gives them a place to find new music to play like Australia triple J is very much we play Australian music which Mm -hmm. I think because I think that you know 
other radio stations in Australia is very, we play American British music. Like Uh, Australia as a culture is like, you know, American and American TV and, you know, Mm. very, very American. So I think to have someone like Triple J who was like, no, we go out of our way to play Australian music. And not only do we do that, but we also try to break Australian artists and to be the ones that find them. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it has changed, you know, it has created careers for a lot of Australian artists. Yeah. I, I interviewed another band from Australia that had a couple songs that did really, really well on Triple J that they didn't have like that. They weren't really that notable here in the States yet, but they were massive there. And I wish I could tell you the name off the top of my head. I have no idea who it is, but it is so cool that that is something um, but the, the, the artist I just interviewed was mall rat and she was, but she was beaten by like flume and, uh, and Billie Eilish. I'm like, well, that's too bad that they didn't just do all Australian artists for the top 100, but at least she yeah. made three out of, you know, that, I, that's still really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. No, that they've been doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so you, did you guys submit your song originally through that like unearth thing and then it landed on triple J? Like how did that happen? Yes. We would have put, I'm pretty sure we put strangers up. We, you know, we tend, we do like just to put our singles up on there, like regardless, because I think it's, you know, it's a good place to keep your music. So that people mm-hmm. like, want to look, you know, want to look at who you are or you get playing triple J, someone can be like, Oh, who is this? And then, then you've got all your music there like ready for them. Oh, so somebody like myself, if I was listening, if I was there, I was listening to the radio station and your song came on, I'm like, oh, like, oh, this band's cool. And then I could go to their website and then I could find you in that list and be like, oh, yeah. I can listen to all the songs that yours truly has uploaded to this system. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's really good. Wow. I need to check that out. I wonder if I have access to it here. I'm pretty sure you do. Like, yeah, it's pretty like I'm in the UK at the moment and I can still access it all, it all from here. So that's awesome. I'm going to check that out after I um, finish talking with you. I think that's so rad. Yeah. And also shows you as well, like every, like all the songs and if they've been played on unearthed radio, cause that's kind of like where a lot of them get ten, tend to get played. So uh-huh. there'll be like a little green drum to say this song has been played on unearthed radio and there'll be a red drum to say it has been played on triple J radio. Oh, that's huge. That's so cool. You go back and see, like, if you want to go back and be like, I wonder if anyone's played it. And then you see the little drama and you're like, oh, I got playing the radio. Like, it's, it's, it's really cool. That is so cool. So cool. So with, uh, you know, you put out high hopes and you said that everything changed from there. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, well, we went from kind of being, doing everything ourselves to kind of having a manager and having a label and, then going and well, we actually did the EP before we, we'd always intended, we did the single first, we put it out and then we were always going to do an EP. Okay. So we, um, we had written a whole bunch of songs and then while, whilst we were, you know, getting, you know, this whole EP sort of recording and stuff, we ended up talking to a whole bunch of people. And then um, we started working with our manager now. Um, he, he's based here in the UK so um, it was kind of like, oh, like, you know, people internationally want to work with us. And then yeah. the whole label thing started happening. I mean, in 10 days, our video on YouTube had 100,000 um, plays. That's so crazy. in 10 days, yeah, it, it was a lot. And then it kind of just then all of a sudden had a million plays. And so then we had a whole bunch of labels wanting to, you know, wanting to buy it kind of, you know, kind right. of thing because it was streaming really well. And um, then we all of a sudden getting started getting like touring um, 
like offers and then we signed to a label signed to UNFD uh-huh which then, is a massive label i mean yeah. and so many cool bands are signed to UNFD yeah they they're, they're honestly they're great like and they they took the ep straight away and they're like, okay cool you're going to play unify and we're going to you know put stuff everywhere at unify and say you've got this ep coming out and that you've signed to the label and so then it kind of like went went to that and then we Literally, like six months later, we were in the UK playing Download. Oh wow! So yeah, like it, it kind of it went like when when I say like it went that fast, like it it honestly did. We we went we went to playing Download in the UK, and we did we had two tours: one with State Champs and one with Sum Forty One. Oh my gosh! We came home, and the week later, we did like. Uh, mostly sold out Australian headline tour for the EP. And then we went two weeks after that to a six week tour with census fail and hot mulligan in the States. Oh, wow. And then we came home, we tracked self care, the album. We were just about to go back to the States to do sad summer and then COVID hit. And that was kind of like, oh that's my kind God. of the story of yours truly. Okay. Oh my gosh. So you had self care written and record like ready to go or you had released it and then COVID hit we finished tracking self-care the day before we went into lockdown really yeah wow. just the, day, the day before yeah oh my gosh so then that happens obviously and then you're what just trying to postpone the the tour you probably were hoping like oh maybe it'll still happen because this is supposed to last two weeks and then you know it's yeah. two years um, but it was just so crazy to think that was two yeah. years ago. Like it blows my mind. Um, so you were going to do, what was the tour of the sad summer tour? Was it you guys headlining? No. So we were actually like, I think we were like second on or something like that. And it was like, I think the main bands was like all time low and the oh. car and movement. Oh my gosh. I think the main, yeah, it was the main, like it was, you know, a whole bunch of like really, really big bands. And so we're going to come back to the States. And then, yeah, and so then that just, you know, it it ended up happening like the year later, but Australia right. was very late to be vaccinated, so we didn't get to go, which is fine because we ended up we ended up doing a whole bunch of stuff at home because Australia was kind of in and out of lockdown for a while, so we released self-care and then we went through that whole thing of trying to do music videos and an album rollout during the pandemic and then trying to kind of like trying to do things like as soon as I'd be like, okay, we're lifting some restrictions. You're allowed to have five people in a room. We'd be like, okay, cool. Four of us and a videographer, let's go. Let's film a music video kind of thing. So it was kind of just like really like stop and go. Like just let's, let's try to make this album roll out as normal as possible. And we did like an animated video for one song because it was like impossible for us to do a music video. It's one of those things of like when you release an album, like you watch all your heroes release debut albums and you've watched like their documentaries and stuff and how it's kind of gone for them. And I think that was kind of how I thought it was going to go for us. And it was nothing like that. It was. Right. I mean, you had to adapt to the, you know, the world being such an, in such a weird state, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So were you able then to, I mean, you said you were able to do some shows when it was opening up and closing down and everything, but never really like an official, proper album launch and everything no we we did like an out like an acoustic album launch show we did two in sydney and then we did um we did a self-care tour we played a show in brisbane two in sydney and two in melbourne because we could only have so many people 
in oh, a room. Yeah, in a room and, at one time. Like Brisbane was absolutely amazing. So was Melbourne was really cool. But Sydney, I think the day before we had had a couple of COVID cases. And if there was COVID cases, Australia was like, no, nah, like we're going for zero at this point. And then I remember the day before they were like, you either cancel the show or everyone has to sit down. And we were like, I guess everyone's just going to have to sit down because we're not going to cancel now. So, yeah. It was just you mean just like sit that. down like you had to be like what? Like in your own little pod? Or like, you were literally just sitting on your ass. No, like they put just chairs like for the audience. And, like, oh, okay. Rows of seats in like a pub, rows of seats. <laughs> That's so crazy. But at yeah. least it was acoustic, right? No, we ended up doing that. That was, a, that, was, that was a full band one, that one. That one was a full band one. So we're on stage like jumping around and stuff and, you know, doing all these ones and everyone's just sitting there with like their cocktails and tacos, just like sitting there watching us and like eating. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That must have been like the weirdest show you had ever played. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> Definitely. Was it hard to get like a, a vibe or like an energy from the crowd or like you just went with, I'm pretending like they're all, you know running up and down running around i don't know how do you even like feed off that it's a bit of both it's a bit like i'm gonna i'm gonna perform and give people a show because that's what they pay for and that's what they want right and also like i get to play these songs for the first time no so like super exciting um but then it's like sorry this is my internet connection is unstable so i'm sorry if it no, I just glitched there for a second. Sorry, you're back now. Oh, oh good. I'm you're on like I'm hotspotting my phone, and I'm in like an apartment building, and it's just sometimes the internet just goes. Oh, it's all good. It was it was perfectly fine. I mean, just it it paused there for one second. I was just I asked. You know, you were kind of talking about you were trying to. It kind of goes both ways. You were trying to give the give the art uh, the audience a, a show because that's what they paid for, and then you went and froze. <laughs> oh, good. No, I was just saying that, um, yeah, you give them what, you know, what they paid for and, you know, we got to play the songs for the first time. So that was also, that was really exciting. So, you know, you do want to have fun and move around because mm-hmm. it's the first time you've, you've, you get to you perform those songs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, yeah, that must've been such a weird, weird thing. I can't even imagine. Um, but then you start, when do you guys start working on this, this new EP? Um, we probably started working on it like there was there was a weekend that Australia was it was Australia was open like we were allowed to travel interstate like in in our in our own state and the four of us were like we haven't seen each other for months do you guys want to go like hire a house for like two days and it was actually the weekend of the hottest 100 the like not this oh really and we were like, do you want to, do you want to hire a house, go listen to the Hoss 100 and try to write some songs just because we haven't done anything for ages. And then on that weekend, we wrote Walk Over My Grave. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was kind of, and then we we're like, oh, cool. Like, let's keep writing some songs. And then we, the label was just like, do you want to release an EP? Like, just because, you know, do you want to do something? in this time where you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, yeah, cool. But we have, they're like, okay, we'll give us three songs. And we were like, we've got more than three songs. So we've got, we've got a lot of songs. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, well, how many do you want to do? And we were like, mm, like seven. And they were like, how many songs do you have? And we're like, a lot. <laughs> like, right. so can we like, can we try to just do something? And they were like, okay, like go for it. So then 
um, then we just went into that whole thing of like booking time and just hoping that we were going to be able to do it. And then it all kind of just worked out. And it was actually the smoothest writing experience and recording experience that I've ever, like I've ever experienced, like the really? songs together really easily, like the tracking of it was fun. And, and I purely think it was because we had no pressure on ourselves to write an album. Mm-hmm. We had no pressure on ourselves to write singles. It was just, we wrote some songs that we liked and we wanted to try something new. And the whole concept of it originally was to do like B-sides for self-care. And it kind of just turned into like, oh, these songs are nothing like self-care. Like it's a, it's its whole new project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so something that we were like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a little like side of the album. It doesn't have to be as good as the album. Like, not that we were in that, like that mind frame, but it was like, it does, it's not, it's not the album. So, you know, we can have fun, just try things. And it mm-hmm. ended up really being like, oh shit, this is, this is the band that I think we've always wanted to be. Like, I think we've finally like stopped trying to write songs to sound like a certain style or a certain band and just being like, this is how, this is just what has come out. Sure. I mean, it's in a, uh, the songs that I've heard, well, I, I don't know if Walk Over My Grave will be on the record, but at least Lights On is such a, such a rad song. And the music video you guys put together is, as well is so cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Walk Over My Grave is on the EP. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Coughing. I, oh, I grabbed it a couple weeks ago and I'm still coughing from it. Did um, you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Were you guys doing a tour? Like I know you're here in the States for a minute, right? And then I'm, you just traveled back. I'm in the UK. Um, and I got it. Yeah. I got it whilst, whilst on tour and we had to, we had to pull off the tour, which is sad, but um, oh yeah, gosh. it is. I'm sorry. That's what happens. That, it's yeah. what happens. So I've, it's been like a month and I'm like, like but, um, <laughs> no, yeah. So <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, yeah, the, the whole thing with like the music video was we had like an opportunity to do something while we were here in the UK at the end of last year. And um, we were like, we haven't, we've never really been able to like fully like flesh out like a storyline music video because we've never had the money, the time, you know, or anything like that. And, you know, Light Song was like, let's, let's try to push this to the next level kind of thing. So um, I'd been watching a lot of TV shows in my room by myself for a couple okay. of months and um, I had watched a big little lies and I, Oh, that's such a great, mo- that was such a great show. Yeah. So um, I was like, I kind of like the whole like timeline back and forth, like who did it kind of, you know, right. thing. So that was kind of the inspiration for, for that, for that video. And the whole song idea of like, you know, um, people, people don't really like, like to think that they know who you are on the surface. You know, there's a sense of ownership, you know, with people that, you know, that, that do music of like, oh, I know them because I follow them on Instagram and, you know, and, <laughs> sure. like, you know, I've listened to their music. I know it's kind of, the, it's the thing of like, the, there's that side of it. And the other side of it is like, well, I thought I know, I knew who I was and I had this idea of, of myself and then all of a sudden I was stuck in my my room for two years and I wasn't touring and I started having these things of 
I'm nothing without this Michaela from yours truly bullshit, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, yeah. And so the whole thing, the whole idea of like the video is kind of like this like self-reflection, like, you know, all of our videos have like lots of like mirror Im- imagery and stuff in it. And, um, you know, the whole, like, you know, you can look one way and then there's like this, like, you know, nice makeup and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like blood and like, sure. Yeah, and, like, it's big, like, you know, who are they? What did they do? Like, you don't actually know because what you see on the surface level is never really the true story. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, with this new record, you said you had, you, you know, you had a lot of time and it became easy to do or the easiest when it was, like, recording and, you know, tracking and everything else. Were you guys working remotely on the songs and writing them that way? Or what, did it all kind of come together in those few, you know, spurts of time that you had together as a band? It was a bit of both, really. Like, it was like taking the opportunity when we can. And okay. then if we couldn't, we would just send things to each other or FaceTime. Wow. is that Was that something you would want to explore again? Or do you prefer writing, like, in person? I prefer writing in person, but it's definitely taught me that, like, there is no, like, there is no ceiling. Like, if mm-hmm. I want to write with someone that lives in the States, I don't have to go to the States to write with them. Like... I think the whole pandemic has taught everyone that collaboration is possible no matter where in the world you are. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Like I've talked to a lot of artists that they're like, yeah. And then I get to work with this producer in Sweden and it's like just coordinating and then, or being like, yeah, then we were, we worked on a song and then I just like laid in my bed when we're done. (laughs) Like there's not this like whole, you know, it's not an event to go, okay, now I got to go to my house, drive 40 minutes and do the thing and then drive home. Like it, yeah. just the, 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 how accessible people are nowadays. It's crazy. Yeah, no, totally. And I think there was a nice thing of being like, I'm at home and I'm comfortable and, you know, like I can take my time with this because I don't, I don't have like five hours studio time. Like I've got, I've got all day to get, mm-hmm. to get to this. So I was think, it- yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was. No, I was going to say that it just, I think it's changed a lot of the way that I see working like in writing. Sure. With with that being said, um, do you feel like there's a, or can you think of a moment during the record or uh, a part of the album that you were like, you don't think maybe would have happened if it wasn't for having the the time that you guys had to 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 play around with things and you know spend on the album? Like if you had a five hour period, would X, Y, or Z have happened? Um, I think that songs like lights on probably wouldn't sound the way that they do because I think we would have maybe gone to being like, we're going to do a session and we're going to write with, you know, we're going to write this song all together. And like lights on was the first song Lockie and I like from after doing the album was like, we, we would do this thing where we would just sit in a room and he would play something and I would just sing to it. And then I think that, over time we became a bit more complicated of like we're gonna sit down and we're gonna like you know do all these things on the computer and like you know make these guitar sounds and you know program some drums but we sat down and we just he played guitar and I just sung like we would have done before and Mm -hmm. it kind of the song kind of came from there um so yeah I think going back to how we did things before before everything before we started working in studios and stuff you know going back to that wouldn't have you know the song maybe wouldn't have sounded the same 
That's interesting. Well, I think the song is amazing. Uh, obviously, I love what you guys are doing. The video is great. And I appreciate your time today. Michaela, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It was lots of fun. I have one more quick question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. My advice is, I guess, going back to what we were saying before, what people say about your art does not matter. It's as long as, you know, you like it and, you know, it's something creative that you've made. I think that is the most important important part of making music. Don't let anyone give you a number out of 100 and think that that's legit. 